From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Thank you for being here today on this episode. This one is all about those pesky anxiety sensations, those strange pains that you're curious about, that you're constantly obsessing over and wondering why they aren't going away. That's a big part of the obsession, right? Is that you're unconsciously trying to figure out what this strange sensation could be. And you see that all the time with people suffering from health anxiety. They're very internal, right? You take that person and put them in a social environment. They're not going to speak that much. They're going to be internal, right? They're checking in what is going on. And their unconscious is trying to figure out, well, what is the reason behind this pain, this sensation? Could it be this cancer? Could it be this disease, right? Their body is the crime scene and they are the detective figuring that out. But before I get into this episode, you guys left some comments on last week's episode 139 all about the fear of mortality and the fear of social judgment, you know, being out in public, afraid of dying, but also making a fool out of yourself while you die, right? That that was a big episode. Amber B says, fear of social judgment, that's me. Every moment when I was out in public places, I would constantly wonder what others were thinking of me. What if I am acting strange? Then it got to a point where I just thought I was strange. Anxiety makes you feel like you are the outcast of everyone in society. Thank you for your podcast and making me feel not alone in this battle. Thank you, Amber, for your comment. Marcus White says, Every damn symptom makes me feel like it's the end of my life. It's exhausting and has completely taken over my life. I do nothing but think I do nothing but think about my health. How can you end this obsessing? And this is the podcast for you Marcus because that's the question I'm answering today or seeking to answer today. Working on answering. And so let's start off by talking about the symptom and, and how you pay attention to it. You have the choice whether to pay attention to that symptom, but like my old self, I kept building upon this fear. I kept strengthening this circuit, strengthening it through constant attention and action, acting out the victim, acting out the different coping strategies, and just 
ruminating over it. And when you obsess, the unconscious is figuring out this unknown. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, it could be a threat, right? So it's best to keep this, I guess you could say, feeling, thought about it, the belief about it at the top of your values list, right? That's what your anxiety response is doing. Your anxiety response is saying, oh, this is a potential threat. I want to keep this at the forefront of Brad's attention because it could cost him his life, right? So your anxiety system is trying to keep you alive. Now, this old alarm system is doing what it can to keep you alive. So this sensation could be a number of any unknown threats, right? Especially if you Google it, right? The Google, the Googling of your symptom is, is a horrible, terrible idea because then you're expanding the potential what ifs when you Google, right? The unknown gets bigger and bigger. And what happens when the unknown gets bigger and bigger? You're going to feel the flush of anxiety right away. And that's what happened to me every time I Googled. Every time I'd go on Google, I saw cancer, and then that led to different other types of cancers. And then it was just unlimited amounts of information. And all that information, well, like I said, led me further into the unknown, and my anxiety enhanced And all those potential what-ifs attach themselves to the symptom, magnifying its significance, right? Its value. And this, and basically your unconscious is now taking this information in and saying, well, this is a big, big threat to Brad. This is a huge threat, right? All unknowns activate the anxiety response. All unknowns. How you interpret that information generated from the unknown determines your response. And so some people look at it as excitement, while others look at the same scenario as a threat. So you have a presentation you have to do that's unknown because it's the uncertainty that brings about the many, many thoughts and the anxiety system uh, sensations. It could be an interview, could be new day at school, the unknown. And for my current self, I view many situations now as being excitement rather than in my past, my old self would view that as threat, as, oh my God, that could be the end of me, right? And so excitement and anxiety can be very, very similar. And so it's 
about your response to that feeling. You may have beliefs that stem stem far from family members who were ill in the past. You might have grown up with someone, someone in your family who was sick and who has potentially died from that. And you might have grown up with family members who were concerned about their health, over-examining their health talking to you when you were a child about health and that the world is a cruel place and that you can die any mo- at any moment type of deal, that you're fragile and weak. They might have viewed themselves as fragile and weak. And so those beliefs were then absorbed within you. Because when you're a child, you're a sponge. You're absorbing that information. You're watching people intensely when you're a child. Intensely watching how people act, what they say. And if you're around those people who are constantly obsessed about their health, their well-being, or you watch them handle the death of a loved one in a bad way, you absorb those beliefs. You absorb their actions, their words. And so your parents could have been hyper-focused about their health. And so their words and and actions were absorbed into your sponge-like character, but the thing is, their beliefs... Their actions were ingrained within them from their parents, right? So the fact that you are obsessing means that your anxiety response is active, right? So we have that down. You're obsessing, okay, that means your anxiety response, your stress response is active. The constant I don't know what this is. So the thoughts of, I don't know what this is, or the what ifs, means your sympathetic nervous system is active. It's active. When you're reacting to these thoughts with strong emotion, that's going to activate your sympathetic nervous system, which is your stress response, which is your anxiety response. And so since this response is active... Your heart is pumping faster, sending more blood to your limbs for action to respond to this perceived danger. You're breathing more shallow. Digestion has become compromised because your body's like, why would I need to worry about digestion when I can, when I have to respond to this danger? I have to run away from this predatory animal. And so that's why a lot of anxiety sufferers have problems with with, um, irritable bowel syndrome. And also, you get shallow depth of field. And that's because your body needs to respond to whatever is in, in front of you. 
right, right at that moment. And so this ancient system has taken the driver's seat. But also your body is really, really tense. Everything tenses up when you're in stress mode. And people are in stress mode every day. We live in a society now where a lot of people are just in that mode constantly. And so different pains, different aches will come about because your body is in that tense mode. So if a pain stays, does this mean I am continuously anxious? And the question, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. You're continuously anxious. If you are, if you are continuously internalizing Where your focus goes, energy flows. If you're continuously focusing on those sensations, that pain, then all of your energy is going to be towards that sensation. That's why the people at the party who are suffering from health anxiety are quiet. They're in the corner. They don't want to speak to anybody. They're busy unconsciously solving the problem, right? What is going on? But I do want to say something. If you are concerned about a strange ache, sensation, and it's really concerning you, I recommend you go see the doctor and rule out anything serious. And once you do that, you post it on the fridge, you post it on your bedroom wall so that you have some evidence there to say, you know what, I went to the doctor and they didn't find anything. And then you can work on the anxiety side of that, right? Worrying about relaxing yourself, de-stressing yourself. That's a huge part of this recovery process. And if this belief that you have this illness or, you know, you just look at yourself in the mirror and you view this unhealthy guy or girl, then if you don't deal with this belief, it'll continue to be running your program. It'll run your program within you and then you have to uninstall that program. So that's the next question. How do you uninstall that program? But before I answer that question, I want to go over the process towards those feelings and emotions you get from that sensation, right? So first, there's the awareness, the curiosity, and then that leads you to the belief about it. And then that leads you to the feelings and behaviors. And this can this process can become so re repetitive that it becomes so reflexive and that you get the awareness, you get the curiosity, and, but then it goes straight to the feelings and behaviors without the recognition of the, the beliefs about it. So you may have all these different beliefs within you that you have no idea are there because this process of the awareness, the curiosity, your belief about it, 
And then the feelings and behaviors have become so repetitive that the beliefs about it get dropped further below the surface and that now you just have the awareness and then you have the feelings and behaviors. So now you're just re reacting every time you get the pain or sensation. It's an immediate reaction, right? So you might have had this where you've gone most of the day without the sensation. You have some moments of clarity, right? You're ruminating about this sensation, this pain, and then all of a sudden, a couple hours go by and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I didn't feel that pain or sensation. It's, it wasn't there. But then all of a sudden it comes back, right? Almost instantaneously. Or you get the pain and then you get the emotions and feelings like two seconds afterwards, right? And so that's like this reflexive habit, right? That's this reflexive habit that has been ingrained within you. You're, there's no longer this space. It's just sensation and then feelings and emotions right away. And so these beliefs make you st stuck in this vicious loop. How do you begin to break from this loop? Beliefs are in your unconscious mind. So you have to speak to your unconscious mind, the 95% of who you are, the, the big part of the iceberg underneath the surface. The first thing is visualizations are huge. So when I would meditate and when I used to suffer from health anxiety, I would meditate and visualize myself breathing in healing light energy and breathing in those breathing in that energy to the parts of my body that was causing me the distress and imagining that those parts of my body healing up with healing light and breathing out the negative parts out so visualizing myself healthy, vibrant, continuously, continuously visualizing the Brad that I really wanted to be. The second thing is reframing the origin, the moment when it occurred. And this is also a visualization exercise because the unconscious recognizes visuals and emotions. So you have to speak to it through visuals and emotions. So go back to the moment where this all occurred to you. When did you start to believe this was a serious illness? What happened? Did you actually have something physically wrong with you? And did you have to give it, get it fixed? And did that traumatic moment stick with you? Go back to that moment, visualize the, the height of that trauma and then go back to the beginning of that trauma in your mind's eye, like a mental movie, and then go through the event the way you would have liked it to go instead. What would you have done instead? What would you have felt instead? Say, what, how would you have acted instead? Imagine the scenario the way you would have liked it to go. And then after you do that, I want 
you to sit with your younger self, the person that went through this trauma, the older you, sit with them and go over what you know now that'll help them understand what they were going through, right? Sit with them, comfort them, give them words of wisdom, encouragement, Help them understand what exactly happened and that everything is going to be safe. Because there's a part of you that's stuck in the past because you have yet understood what has happened in that traumatic event. So you're holding on to it. And when you do this visualization trauma release exercise, what happens is that you start to understand, oh, that's why I was feeling anxious at the time or or that's why it was traumatic for me because I didn't know how to process my emotions at the time and so I was sticking to this this problem that has yet to to be solved that has been yearning to to be solved and so that's a powerful exercise I recommend that you that you do and I have this exercise in my anxiety project program so if you're interested in that meditative exercise download the anxiety project program also and that's an nlp technique as well right using the visuals and words and reframing past events very 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 powerful you're speaking to your unconscious mind another way you can speak to your unconscious mind is write down when it all first began maybe a family member died from the same thing you're worrying about that that's in that you think is within you write down what happened during the height of that trauma what happened and then write down what you would have done instead what you know now so that the younger you can finally let this go the older you the part of you that's still holding on to it. You know, write down whether or not it these beliefs have stemmed from your parents. Notice how your parents acted at the time. Go back in your mind's eye to the, the childhood that you had and recognize, well, did your parents suffer from anxiety? Did they ruminate about their symptoms? Did they handle the death of their parents well really really powerful the next thing you can do is develop that inner voice within you the guard in your mind saying you know i reject that thought you know anxiety sufferers are so reactive to every single thought that they get they don't have that guard up in their mind so i developed i started to develop this voice when I was going through my recovery of saying, you know, I reject that thought. I reject that thought or reversed what ifs, you know, anxiety sufferers say, well, what if it is cancer? What if it is a disease? Reverse it. What if it isn't cancer? What if it isn't this disease? And also replace those thoughts with powerful visuals. Visualize yourself healthy, vibrant, that's 
what you want. And so you're telling your unconscious, this is what Brad wants. He wants this. This is what he wants to manifest in his life. That's the beauty of visualization. It helps you manifest what you want. The next thing you can do, prove to yourself you are healthy. Start doing habits that relax you. Baths with Epsom salts, light some incense, meditation, yoga, go for walks, or do vigorous exercises, or journal, or listen to classical music. What are the actions of a healthy person? Could be breath work. It could be Reiki sessions. What are the habits of a healthy person and start to do those? Because if you're smoking cigarettes and you think you're unhealthy, well, it's a pretty obvious answer. Stop smoking cigarettes and maybe you'll think that you're more healthy. So maybe there are things that you can do right now to show yourself that you are healthy. Change the chocolate bar to, I don't know, an avocado, you know, replacing old habits with new powerful habits. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. I hope this podcast has helped you to, well, look at your symptoms differently, look at them more stemming from the anxiety response rather than something actually there because the mind can take you into dark places. I've been there. I've suffered from health anxiety for a long time. And I hope this episode has helped you to to reframe that. But also I do want to say, go get it checked out. If it's a real concern to you, Go one time, get it checked out. I don't recommend going many, many times because that's also a bad habit of someone uh, with health anxiety. But I recommend that you go one time, rule it out, and then if another strange sensation pops up, just know that this needs to be resolved. There's something to this, right? And lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast or video. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.